Hello world, once again, welcome to another edition of Mr. Speaker Speaks. You know it's the podcast that informs, challenges, and inspires. This is real talk from real people about real things, and it is the show where the guests themselves get to speak and oh my goodness we have a speaker for you today you can learn more about me at vincenttedwards.com that's vincenttedwards.com you can also take a moment and join my online community where you can get exclusive access to training at vincentondemand.com just want to let you know that today's show is brought to you in part by program success your source for professional news and information program success more information is available about them at programsuccess.net programsuccess.net program success the name says it all you know we all need some motivation every now and again you know something to just pick you up well mr speaker has something for you why don't you join my motivation made easy it's a simple text messaging list you get some monday morning motivation once a week you can join that line by just dialing 850-771-4996 well just text the word join to that number text join j-o-i-n to 850-771-4996 and you will begin to get inspiration and motivation to help you pivot into your purpose with power and precision from the one and only mr speaker my guest today is the world renowned lenitra Bennett, and we are going to have a discussion. She's going to share her life, what's going on, and share some things to inspire everyone, but especially young women who want to excel in a career, whatever their choice. Like always here on Mr. Speaker Speaks, let us just have a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I truly thank you once again for blessing me with the opportunity to interview people that can share their stories to help others. Now, Father, just be with us in this conversation. Lead us and guide us that the things that my guests will share today will benefit others, help them to learn, help them to grow. And also, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that your hand be upon her in all of her endeavors whatever Lenitra touches God bless it right now for she has truly been a blessing to me and will bless the audience on today in Jesus name amen the motivational verse of scripture today comes from the book of Matthew Matthew chapter 7 and I love this one because it says ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be open unto you. And I'm going to tell you, if you just ask, I'm telling you, young folk, I'm telling you, all you got to do is ask. And guess what? I asked, and guess who's on this show today? The world-renowned Lenitra Bennett, who is an award-winning television anchor and news reporter at WCTV Eyewitness News, the CBS affiliate here in Tallahassee. She is not only a native Floridian, but she was born and raised right here in Tallahassee. She graduated from Godby High School and then attended the highest of seven hills at Florida A&M University. That's where she fell in love with speaking, broadcasting, storytelling, and education. She started working at WCTV as an associate producer in 2001, and she has won four Florida Associated Press Awards for her individual work. She is currently the co-anchor of the Good Morning Show and Eyewitness News at Noon. Oh, my goodness. Those are some early days. You know, she's a lifelong member of 
Mount Horb Primitive Baptist Church. You know, you got to give a shout out to your pastor today so he can, so he can tell all the church folk about you. Y'all got to go listen to my church member. Uh, where she She's a Sunday school teacher uh, for elementary, middle school, high school. She is the youth choir director, youth department president, church announcer. You have a lot of jobs. She's also... <laughs> She's also the uh, a member of the board of directors for the Frontline Project Inc. She's also the chairperson for public relations with the GFWC Sisters of Service Women's Club Inc. under the General Federation of Women's Club, one of the oldest and largest women's service organizations in the world. That is what's on paper, and now we're <laughs> and now we're gonna find out what's inside. Hello, Lenitra, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing just wonderful and feeling real good now that I have you on the other side of the microphone and you're not asking the questions these days. Right. (laughs) So what is that like for you right now to be on the other side and not actually be in control of the actual interview? What does that feel like? I must say it does feel a little weird. (laughs) But, uh, but that's okay. That's all right. I am ready. <laughs> Tell us about your favorite childhood memory. Your favorite childhood Ooh. memory. Oh, my gosh. I have so many. My favorite childhood memory. Just in general, growing up and spending a lot of time at my grandparents' house. And I would be over the all of the time and watching my grandmother cook, watching my granddad outside fixing the cars (laughs) and going out there and holding the flashlight for him. I I felt special, thought I was doing something (laughs) by, by holding the flashlight and also spending time with my cousins. We you know, that was back in the days when you played outside and, and the yard just felt humongous. What you know about playing like, outside? You're, you, oh, you're a young whippersnapper. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were always outside just, you know, running around playing and having a good time. And I, I, I have very fond memories of my childhood. So it seems like you're very family oriented, that you love family and being around uh-huh. family. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very much so. We we do have a, a big family and we strongly believe in sticking together and doing things together. We love family gatherings and, and eating together. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, right. Eat. Yeah, we love to eat. So can you cook? I, I do. Yeah, I do a little something, something. Yeah. A little something, something. I do. Yeah, I, I, I love making things for our family gatherings. I will say I was kind of a late bloomer in that as far as, um, you know, when I was younger, most of the time, you know, we just let grandma and them do everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I do love uh, making dishes or baking for our family gatherings. Since you love these family outings and you spend a lot of time with family, what's a family story about you that they often share, but the world doesn't know about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know how they go. Oh, you remember when Lenitra did? Right. 
What's, a, what's a family goodness. story that everybody in the family knows that they share, but we wouldn't know? Huh. Oh, no telling. My goodness. Uh, oh, where to start? See, my mama need to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, I was that kid that, uh, you know, they'll call me out the back room. Come on out here and do that dance for us. Oh. You know, and, <laughs> and my auntie Clara, she used to love when I did the walk. <laughs> she would always say, come out here to do do the walk, do the walk. And so I would just go. All they had to do was say go. And I, and I would take off. <laughs> so that was always fun. I, I was known as that kid. <laughs> that kid. Oh, that kid that they could just call and come on, come on. We need to be entertained. Call. Exactly. Call yes. So what kept you in Tallahassee all of these years, born and raised here, went to school here, and you stayed here? Now, you're an integral part of the community, but a lot of people like to move away and go away. What kept you here in Tallahassee? Um, I think it was that family bond, uh, even though I do have the type of family you know that is open they, they never held me back you know I didn't stay just because I felt like I had to you know they never pressured me and in fact you know they always encouraged me like hey make sure that to do whatever you want to do you know go away if, if you have the desire but to be honest I never really had that burning urge that a lot of people may have when it's time to flee <laughs> you know a lot of people once they graduate from high school that's the first thing on their mind is I don't care what I do I just want to get out of my hometown but um, of course when it came to college I bleed orange and green and I always knew even as a kid that that's where I wanted to go it was my dream school and so I stayed for college that is most definitely that was my dream and my desire. And even after college, um, when I thought about raising a family, I felt like this was the place I wanted to do it. You know, the family part, as far as me raising one myself, that has not happened. But um, I, I just really love the idea of having the family support, you know, knowing that okay, whenever I, you know, do get married and have kids, I knew that I, you know, had my mother and my grandparents and, and I, just the idea of having that support was nice to me. And, and it was a lovely community. I just felt like this was a great place to be, to grow up and to, to raise others if I were ever blessed to do that. All right, now y'all don't be jumping on the phone and calling her <laughs> and hitting on social media. That's not. <laughs> don't don't be calling her up now. But, so, so, what prompted your love for journalism, communication, broadcasting? You know, growing up, we always say, "Well, I want to be this. I want to be that." Was that mm -hmm. something you've always wanted to do? Um, it's interesting. A part of me, yes. But I think when I was really young, my first thought was to be a teacher. And I used to think that I wanted to be in um, an elementary school teacher. But as I got older and started feeling like I was finding more of my niche, of course, growing up, watching others on television, 
piqued my interest and it felt like something that that was what I wanted to do. And uh, my mom and I also always tell the joke that uh, my mom always called me nosy <laughs> and said that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were like, yeah, that's the perfect job. You know, you're so nosy. So I, I do joke about that a lot. And, and I am, I do love learning. And this is the type of job where you learn about everything. And I love that. And so um, watching other Black women on TV growing up, I was inspired by that. And I was always, you know, I can't even, man, I was doing the church announcements even before I had this job, you know. So, so you the church I, I announcer. Like I was, I, yeah, I was always, man, I, you know, I just felt like everything in my background was grooming me for it. Uh, just, just even things like speaking in church and, you know, uh, reviewing the Sunday school lesson. I, I, I didn't mind standing in front of a crowd and talking. And so, yeah. And once, once I discovered this field and realized, oh, this is something that, you know, I can have a career in, I, I fell in love with it and I went for it. What would you say to that young person today, especially a young woman who's trying to find their way, trying to find out, you know, what is it that I want to major in when I get to college? How would you direct them to go about finding their purpose, their their love, their interest, something that if they get involved in it, it won't be like working or having a job? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that if they don't know, it's okay. You're not alone. Um, I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves because we feel like, hey, every we think that everyone else knows and everyone else has the plan and oh my gosh, I'm not like them and I'm still confused. And we have that extra pressure that we put on ourselves. But so first I would like to say it's okay. A lot of people may not know right off the bat. They may not know immediately, even by the time they graduate from high school and even by the time they get to college. That's why they have this thing, you know, called a general education. You know, sometimes even once a lot of people get to college, they still don't know. True. But I would right. <laughs> and so but I would say, you know, think about, meditate and pray on what it is that you do like. I believe, you know, and I I know a lot of people say um, look for the money, find out whatever pays and go for it. But I feel like, and then the money is good. I'm sure it's nice to have. Oh, it, it's nice to have, but I'm going to tell yeah. you, when you get some of those jobs, you work for it and you don't have exactly. time to enjoy life. Right. And so I would say first, at least see what your passion is. And sometimes it, it may not, you know, jump up at you right away but sometimes if you sit and think you're like wait a minute i really enjoy doing this or wow i have a good time when i'm doing that or if you see someone else doing something and it piques your interest you know go around other people and and try to see what they're doing find mentors and you know even if you do think you know it wouldn't hurt to, you know, kind of look at people in different fields and you can see like, okay, well, what they're doing, that's interesting. I think I want to learn more about it. Or you can see someone doing something and say, oh, no, I don't want to have anything to do with Not that. that one. 
And so, right. So I think it is important to watch other people and, and actually find out about a particular job. Don't just read something on paper and say, oh, that sounds good. I want to do it. Because a lot of the times, you know, when you don't see the real deal and you end up getting into something and it's like, oh, no, this isn't for me. And you end up miserable. But um, but yeah, pray on it. Think about it and, and just kind of pay attention to things around you and kind of try to be in tune in what's inside it and what really brings you joy. You know, just think about what are you good at? It's okay to, to say, oh, I'm good at that. And you know, if you feel like you do something well, if there's something that you find other people complimenting you on all the time or something that someone is asking you to do, and you're like, oh, well, wow, I must be good at it if people are coming to me for this. So maybe this is something that I can pursue and actually make a living off of. In your pursuit of journalism and broadcasting, I know it hasn't been easy. What's one of the toughest challenges you had to deal with and how were you able to overcome that to get to where you are? I love the fact that you said it hasn't been easy because it has not been. And I think that there is this perception about this job, this career field, people look at you and I get it all the time. And, you know, they just, oh, all you do is talk on TV. How hard can that be? And it's very offensive to me. Yes, it is. Just just ask them to do the church announcements one Sunday. And that's why I say it's important to go around people who do certain things, because a lot of times we don't see what's behind the scenes. You know, as a field reporter, I literally had to carry all of the camera equipment by myself. People think, oh, we just walk around trying to look cute and, you know, don't have to do anything. But, you know, we're in an age where we don't have the big camera guy carrying all that stuff, you know, and I've been around a while, so y'all might see the little bitty cameras now, but no, I was around when we had the big cameras. So you had the camera, the tripod, you know, you're carrying all of this stuff and having to worry about 50 different things. You're outside and you have to do it. It's, you know, like the mailman, how they say rain, sleet, or snow. You know, I had to be out there, whether it's 100 degrees or 20 degrees, whether it's raining while you're inside sitting in your office. And that's what I tell people, well, you, your job ain't hard. Okay, well, while you're sitting at your desk in the comfort of with the heater on or the air conditioning on, I'm outside in the elements, you know. But um, so anyway, I may be going off on a tangent. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. I, that's what we want. <laughs> we want to share the, the, the truth and give people insight on what it is, because a lot of times all they see is what they see on TV, up front, mm-hmm. wherever you are. Most people don't understand behind the scenes. They, you know, I'm just going to use church. All they do is they, they come in, sit on the pew on Sunday morning and wait on everybody. It's almost like exactly. lights, camera, action. And they have no idea. One, what the pastor went through to prepare the sermon, what the choir went through to have rehearsals and to sing and, and the musicians and all the rehearsals, hours upon hours to come there to give them what they want is, you know, an experience. Exactly. And, you know, and to be more specific on to answer your question, one of my biggest challenges that I thought and see, I almost let it scare me 
one of a challenge that I thought would hold me back was the fact that I'm sensitive. <laughs> and so I am. You sensitive? So I am. I am. I am a very sensitive person. And so when I started going to college and, and you know, in, in my major, and you would hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, this is the type of job you can't wear your feelings on your sleeves and this and that. And, and oh, my gosh, you got to be tough and you got to be hard and you got to be aggressive. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to get eaten alive out there. But I did not let that stop me. I did not let that scare me. And I've learned that even though my sensitivity have maybe hurt me a little bit in the sense of, um, you know, my feelings do get hurt, but it doesn't stop me. Mm. And I think that it also helps with connecting to the people in the community. And I feel that people see that and people see me as a real person as opposed to, oh, here come the big bad reporter coming to ask me questions. And they see me and, and I let some of that softness come out sometimes. And, and I'm able to approach people in a way that they may not even expect to be approached. And because again, there are a lot of perceptions about the media and oh, the news people, they're so all they want to do is do this and they're just going to you know, jump out and throw the camera in your face and be mean and aggressive. No, <laughs> when no, that's not how it is. And when they see Lenitra coming, they see a person approaching them, human to human, woman to woman, woman to man. You know, and um, and I must say, I have survived. That sensitivity has it, it hasn't destroyed me, but but it almost stopped me though. Like I say, I, it did scare me at first, but it did not stop me, and um, and I've pushed through. Like any challenge, you should do pushing through, and that's yeah, something that's something that's very important because people like to see the human side, that human touch. Um, you know, it, it's okay to feel because they see that you have a genuine concern and not just being someone there to report, but your heart goes out. You can have sometimes empathy and sympathy for what's going on. And people like that. Uh, I know I, I do. And you know, oftentimes we look at people like yourself on the news, on television all the time. And you're always there. You're always looking good. It's like nothing bothers you. Nothing phases you. And what I've learned in life is that people rarely share the mess mm -hmm. in their message. We always see success and we mm -hmm. see the, 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 the other side. But like with me, when people see me, they don't know. I almost failed out of school and I share my story that failure is not final. When we look at you, we see success, but what's behind that success? What's your story? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ooh, <laughs> man. See, see Vincent, I, a lot of people tell me I, I talk a lot, and sometimes I sit here and just tell all my business. <laughs> we, like, hey, oh. this is this is my podcast. Like, we, it's my story. How much do I want to give, man? <laughs> uh, you know, give, give enough to inspire that young lady that's listening, because we 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 need to know 
that. One of the things I talk about is the person who doesn't fail never tries. Right. And and failure is not final. And from a sports perspective, and I know you've covered a lot of sports and especially mm-hmm. basketball and stuff like that and, you know, round fam, you and stuff. But you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes in life you have to take a risk. And that risk hurts. And that risk we call failure. But I look at failure as a lesson in learning what not to do. So mm-hmm. what are the lessons you learned not to do? What's uh, your story? My Yeah, <laughs> well, my lessons of what not to do is do not let fear hold you back. Do not let insecurities hold you back. Um, unfortunately, insecurities are a big part of my story. Um, you know, I was a happy child. But at the same time, there were a lot of those moments. I, I was also that chubby child. <laughs> you? I was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was the chubby kid. I think I carried some a lot of the insecurities inside of me. And I let it impact me in many ways. So, um, for example in middle school, you know, I used to go to basketball practice, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try out for the basketball team. But then when it got down to it, I didn't go because I chickened out. I started thinking, oh, I'm too fat. I don't look like the other girls. I'm probably not as fast as them. I'm probably not as good as them. What if people laugh when they see me running down the court and people are going to be looking at me and I don't I don't want the other kids to laugh at me. So I didn't go. Uh, same thing with softball. I was going to go to softball tryouts. And that very day, I found out there was a beta club meeting. And I used the beta club meeting as an excuse not to show up <laughs> at softball practice. So I ended up, and you know, I ended up being that one doing all the extracurricular activities, the, you know, the academic extracurricular activities, because I was always afraid to do the other things. You know, I had a best friend who was a cheerleader, and, and I was like, oh, I'll never be like her. And, you know, and so those insecurities creep up a lot and I do think that they did hold me back sometimes or they were probably illicit feelings that I probably shouldn't have as far as being too sensitive you know I I get offended easily you know because I'm thinking oh my gosh you know they picking on me and, you know, and so I can't to this day, <laughs> let me tell you, I can't stand for anyone to comment on my food, you know. And, you know, and people do it. I don't know what it is about our people. If you're at a family function or a picnic or somewhere, and I could have just three little bitty things on my plate. But it's always somebody that got to say, all right, now you better watch it. Exactly right. It's funny. I know, I, I know but I, 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 I hear it because I, I know I know the men say, "Well, oh, you better you better slow down. You better watch it because they like 
And then you talking about, I better watch it. You look at them like, like, like you ain't the, you, right. you ain't the smallest thing around here Come yourself. Now. <laughs> All right, not Big Bertha. Really, you gonna say that to me? But <laughs> so, so even in my so-called smaller days, is is that's that's a trigger for me. But unfortunately, that's because I let it be. And I, I carried that weight with me literally and figuratively all my life. And so that, that was just a huge struggle of mine. Um, so even behind the smiles, you know, and the laughter, um, a lot of people, they say they know me for my laughter and my smiling. But, yeah, I, I hit a lot of pain uh, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. hit it a lot so what helped you to overcome that and mm-hmm. to you know to to say you know i'm not gonna let this hold me back i'm gonna go ahead and i'm just gonna bring it out because you talked about i'm gonna lose this weight what prompted mm-hmm. you how did you get through that what could you say to the listening audience now what helped you to overcome that challenge first of all you have to finally make up your mind to do it um and stick with it um, find people, surround yourself with supportive people. And and once I realized that people had my back and, you know, it's like, hello, people aren't laughing at you. They're cheering for you. And once I realized I had people in my corner cheering for me and once I realized, okay, I can't let this consume me and and run my life. I finally made the decision. And it literally was a split kind of thing. Because, you know, all my life I was like, oh, I know I got to do better. And, you know, and you tell yourself that, that then the next, you know. You really Knowing what to do on. and then doing but, it. Two different things. Exactly. Wanting to do something and actually working at it are two different things. And sticking to it. You know, I may call myself getting all hyped up. You know what? I'm going walking. And I go walking thinking, yes, yeah, here we go. I think I'm bad. And two, three days later, you know, back at the old habits. Reverting back to that comfortable (laughs) position. Exactly, exactly. So one day, um, it's actually, you know, a, a crazy story. I did a new story about weight loss fads. This was uh, several years ago, um, actually about maybe seven years, about six years ago, maybe. And um, I, I did a story about uh, weight loss trends and, and all the different fads that people were doing. You know, it's this thing called cool freezing or something where they so-called you can freeze the fat off. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, um, you know, I went to a, a boot camp class and, and then I also interviewed um, some young ladies who were selling this, um, like a nutrition, um, you know, shake kind of thing. So anyway, so I did this news story. And so, of course, when I interviewed the girl, of course, she was trying to sell me the stuff. Oh, you, but of course, you know, that's, that's, right. the, that's the end game. I need to buy this product. <laughs> Exactly. She wouldn't be doing her job if she didn't try to sell it, right? Mm-hmm. So at first, I bought it and um, I didn't really, I, I lost 10 pounds and I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. Got to those 10 pounds and stopped. <laughs> 
but I didn't realize the plan that she signed me up on. The stuff just kept coming in the mail, kept coming in the mail, kept, and I'm like, what? And it so was hitting your day, credit card. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm getting charged for this stuff and didn't even realize it. And so one day I looked at this pile of boxes of weight loss stuff and I said, I'm going to actually do it. And I did. And so it it was, I mean, it wasn't one of those quick, you know, lose weight. You know, it was just I would replace a meal with the shake and, um, you know, eat lots of fruits and vegetables throughout the day. And once I realized, like, that first week went by, I was like, oh, I see a difference. Second week, third week. And once I realized I was actually making progress, that motivated me even more to keep going. Activity so, yields results all exactly, the time. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I, once I finally took that first step and realized, wow, I can do this. And it just pushed me to keep going and going and going. And so, um, yeah, and that's what happened. And, and my sister, I was always the type that was afraid to, again, you know, the insecurity of my weight. Um, my sister, KJ, one day, some years ago, she made me, she didn't make me, but she helped me jog for the first time. You know, I used to think, oh, I can't do that. Oh, you know, only slim people can jog, only fit people, you know. But one day she just said, come on, go jogging with me. And we went and she was just so kind and supportive with it. And I, I felt cared for, you know, as opposed to, you know, like Being she didn't boot make camp. Me, Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't make me feel like, like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up. You know, she was just with me and, and pushing me the whole way and giving me tips. And man, once I realized, like, oh my gosh, I just ran a lap. And, oh my gosh, I can't do this, you know? And, and it's just a beautiful thing to once you take that first step and realize that you can do it, then, you know, I say just keep going. Just keep going. Yes, indeed. And I, I think that's a part of life in general. We tend mm -hmm. to try to talk ourselves out of things and we don't do oh. it. And comparison always kills us. But, Ooh. uh oh, sound like that was a story there. I'm just saying, you're right. Though, but, that's, but that's where the insecurity comes in because you're so busy comparing yourself to others. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not as small as them. I can't do that. You know, and so you don't do it because you you sat there, had a whole conversation with yourself, giving excuses of why you can't do it. Hmm. We got to get out of that. Got to get out of it. You yeah. know, today we typically post everything on Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram. But I'm going to go old school on you. Billboards. Mm -hmm. I mean, they still exist. They're electronic yeah. now. But, you know, somebody was just passing along the highway and they looked up and they saw this billboard. And this billboard was by you looking over your life and all the things that you've been through. What would you place on a billboard so that when people drove by, they'd be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I, I want my billboard to say she enjoyed life. Yeah. You know, and, and there are times when I do still struggle with that, 
but in the end, yeah, the 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 happy moments and the fun times that I do have, yeah, I just love to laugh, and I want to continue to be able to do that. Yeah. Okay. What I wanted to say, she was happy. She was happy. <laughs> <laughs> What really excites you right now with who you are, what's going on in your industry, what can take place in the next few years? When you look at it, what excites you right now? I just love that right now I get to do what I love. And I've had the opportunity to um, be supported by managers who allow me to be me. And so that's the fun part about my job is that um, sometimes I kind of break out of that so-called TV anchorwoman mold, you know, that stoic, straight and serious and so professional all the time and, you know, just put together. Um, and, and I see y'all cut up a little bit on the news. Oh, we, yeah, we cut <laughs> up. And I can't help it. I, I really, I cannot help it. And I've, I've, I have been criticized for it. I've had people say, you know, like, oh my gosh, you laugh so much on TV. Well, hey, it's me. <laughs> Until they tell me to stop doing it, I'm going to do it. But I love that I get to let my personality out. And I, and I, sometimes I don't even realize it, but because it's just me, and that's all I can be, it's just little old me. That's and, and this, I'm, I'm just a little old country girl. That's what I say all the time. And just little old me. And sometimes, even when I tell myself, oh, I'm going to do right and be professional, next thing you know, I realize I'm letting out one of my. <laughs> Y'all know, hey, I'm gonna take you to the country. Y'all know how how they say, "What's in you gonna come out." <laughs> exactly, that and, is the truth, <laughs> and it happens all the time, and it does, and it just comes out, and um, and it's just fun to know that I can do that now, and I'm gonna keep doing it now until they tell me to stop. You know, and, and until my boss say, "Lenitra, stop it," I'm going to just keep being me, and I and I just love it being able to to do that and work at the same time, do my job. And we have to be who God has called us to be. And it's, it's your personality. And I understand, and everybody understands professionalism. And, but right. in those moments and in those segments, the human side, people are like, oh, I can connect with that. And, you know, and, and I can, because I'll be like, oh, that, that was kind of funny. You know, even right. though I'm not up as early as you, I'm watching you on TV. <laughs> but, you know, but it, it makes perfect since here's oh my goodness time is just going and i'm loving this interview what is something that people seem to misunderstand about you and mm. misunderstand like with me they, they say man you always so serious i say but if you know me if you really get to know me i right. love to have fun i joke a lot they be like man your pastor kind of funny you know <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so, um yeah, I, I, I think, you know, those who saw me for the first time on TV, I think it was shocking for them to see like, oh, my gosh, she's funny. Or, um, you know, like, oh, my goodness, she's down to earth when people meet me in person. And, and I have a, a young lady who comments on my Facebook stuff a lot. Let's see, what's the phrase she used? She was like, yeah. Uh, 
I love how you're so common or you, you know, and I was like, you know what, you know, in a way, in a way, it's like, you know, maybe someone may take offense to that because it's it, the way she says it is if, like I'm plain, you know, like, oh, uh, you, you, you're so plain and common, you know, but I realize that she can touch you know, you. she's right. And and that makes me feel good to to know that she just sees me. I, I don't try to fake or anything. And I just love that that if you know i connect whoever i can't connect with i just thank god that some people appreciate or enjoy me and that's what <laughs> it's that's all about. i can get them yeah mm-hmm. so so sometimes i think the misperception is like oh my gosh she's probably going to be stuck up oh my gosh she probably thinks she all that or oh my gosh she you know she's probably too professional and you know i probably can't approach her but then when they approach me, I'm like, hey! <laughs> I'm like, that's Lenitra from TV? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, but but I love it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, and I, I enjoy um, watching you on the news. We go through life, and as we get older, us adults, us people, we say, I would have, should have, could I wish I would have done this, I wish I would have done that. And then somebody asks you the question, is there anything that you would change in your life? Oh, no, I wouldn't change anything about my life. I'll keep going. You know, everything that I did, it just made me who I am. You know, and I can understand that. But if you could have a mulligan, if there was a do-over in your life that you could honestly do over, what would that be? For example... When I went to school, I went to school because everybody told me I needed to be a doctor and I could be a doctor. And I did that and I hated it. Not that I couldn't mm-hmm. do it, but, right. I, but I hated it. All that biology and chemistry and all that stuff, I, just, I hated it. But when I found out I enjoyed business and speaking, the bulb went off and I loved it. So my do-over, if I could. I would go back to school and go straight into the school of business rather than going into pre-med. So that would be my do-over. What would be your do-over? My do-over would be to uh, be more open and, and not afraid. I would network more, talk to people more, seek more mentors and yeah, yeah, that, I think I would have done more. I, I didn't do much in college as far as activities. I, I, I wish I would have been more involved. That's what I wish. Yeah, that's one of the big things. Um, be more involved because sometimes I see, you know, uh, homecoming, for example, you know, when homecoming comes around. and Especially at FAMU. <laughs> exactly. And, and you and I hear people talk about, oh, I can't wait to link back up with my friends, or I can't wait, oh, my friend from school coming to town, and this and that. Oh, yeah, that's my friend from school, my homeboy, my homegirl, and oh, yeah. And I'm like, I really, I I don't have friends. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds bad, but I don't, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in any sororities. I didn't, you know, I probably wish I would have um, tried to be with the, the concert choir or the gospel choir, but I really, I had the, the same friends I went to high school with are the same friends I have now, and that's really all I knew, even going through school, you know, and of course, I, I talked to people, 
but I don't think I made those lifelong friends that I hear other people talking about. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had that. I don't have a girlfriend from college who calls me up and, you know, and say, hey, Lenitra, you know, hey, I'm in town. Let's hang out or anything like that. The the girlfriends that call me or, again, the same ones that I went to middle and high school with. And I love them dearly. But <laughs> I just feel like I missed out sometimes. And, and I would do that over. Be more involved and meet new people. <laughs> wow. Getting ready to bring this to a close, as a preacher would say. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to that young person that watches you on the news and they say, I want to be like Lenitra. I want to be like her. What is one piece of advice that you've you would give to someone starting out in your career? I would say go into it knowing that this isn't as glamorous as you may think it is. At least not starting out now. You know, now once you get up to Gail Kingdom status, <laughs> you know, and, and if that's what you want to do and who you want to be, I say go for it. But just know that you know it may take some steps before you get to Oprah status but um I tell everybody that this is something that you have to love and I always equate it to teaching because you know you we always hear and, and they deserve it we always hear about how hard teachers work and they don't get um the rewards that they deserve and they they don't get you know the accolades and the money that they deserve um, but we all know that they work hard. They're like our unsung heroes. And so, but they will tell you they do it because they love it. Mm -hmm. They're not dealing with some of these issues for the fun of it. <laughs> Most know? definitely. I, t I tell people all the time, right. I love speaking and doing my motivational stuff, but I'm in for an hour, two hours, three hours, and then I'm gone. But to do that right. every day, my, I exactly. say teachers need to start out with Exactly. Close to six figures. And some of y'all know y'all kids bad. And, and you know, so yes, sir. Kids. Yes, they preach, preach. Right. They know their so kids not, bad. Exactly. They're not doing it just for the heck of it. They, they found that out during COVID. Oh, you need to go okay. back to school. <laughs> right. Right. So this, too, I believe is a job that you have to love. You have to want to do it. And in loving it, that will help you to succeed in it because you're doing something that you want to do. And because it is your passion, you're going to put your all into it. You're not going to sit back and be like, sure, this ain't worth it. What I want to you know, do this for. And, and you're not going to even bother trying, but if you love it, you're going to push yourself and you're going to do your very best. And I'd say always put your all into it. I don't care what anybody else is doing. See, you know, um, come on, Karen, share. It. Uh, you know, all you know, some of your your friends, coworkers. You, you may be in a workplace, and and certain people may be able to get away with certain things, but don't slack and do what they're doing just because they can. No, always put your all your best foot forward in whatever you do, in whatever you do, regardless of any glory you may think you might get or re regardless of what the person next to you is doing it. You know, you, sh you should want to put your best foot forward, especially if it's something you love. So why would you half do it? 
know? Yeah. That's the, that right there. Don't have to do it. That'll preach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Work hard. Work hard. hard. And you, you know, it's, it's sometimes, sometimes there are days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I went through way too much just for that. But then when I look at the products, I'm proud, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I may say like, wow, I'm so proud of myself. I was the one who shot that video. I was the one who edited that. I was the one that put it together. I was the one who did that interview. And even though it was hard finding the people and getting people to talk to me, and even though it was hot out there or cold or whatever the case is, you know, or maybe I could have, you know, just threw something together you know, like, oh, well, such and such, you know, may have a, a shortcut to do it easy. But I, I'm proud of myself when I put my best foot forward. And, and, I, and I think that everyone should be. Yes, indeed. And, yeah. and I want to share this, that, you know, you may not think people are watching you, but people are watching <laughs> you. They're watching the ones who do the shortcuts. They're watching the ones who put forth the effort and it may not pay off right now, but trust me in the end, somebody's watching you and I'm just going to go old school on you. Your boss may not see you, but God sees you. And he's the the one who will ultimately promote you and put you where you need to be. You know, you were talking, I'm trying to, you talked about these stories. What is one story that you did that you filmed that really touched your heart ooh, 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 touched my. well first let me give you this one that I usually always think about and, and it's, it sounds so silly but one of my favorite stories is um, I did a story about jumping sturgeons do you know what that is no I'm going to have to go YouTube that I'm going to have to go YouTube that see that off rip was exciting to me just the fact that I learned something new I had never heard of it but jumping sturgeons are fish. You know, they're also known as flying fish. And so the thing about them is that they do, they can come straight up out the water, but the bad part is they have a really hard shell and, and like ridges that can actually cut you and harm you. So there had been some reports of a lot of people getting hurt off of jumping sturgeons. I say, I used to cover the Swanee County area a lot. And so, you know, I was always in, you know, the backfields and the dirt roads and all of that. <laughs> so uh, that's how I found out about the story. But, yeah, there were some reports of of people out boating and fishing getting hurt or even getting, you know, stabbed from these fish. So anyway, so I was assigned to do a story on it. And I was I'm the I'm usually the type of person that. You know, like, ew, you know, oh, I don't want to go in those woods or ew, I'm not doing that, or oh, I'm scared of that, or oh my gosh. Um, but it's something about when I am at work and when I got that camera, I I am fearless at something. Oh, come on up here. I know it's raining. Come on out here. Put the exactly. mud boots on. <laughs> so with this story, I was out on a boat with um, one of the Florida wildlife officials and you know now I, I've been on a boat before like a cruise ship <laughs> you know but I always said you're not going to get me on anything smaller than that because that was always scary to me but we were on a smaller boat and so even that was exciting because I got over that fear just knowing that wow I'm out here on this boat 
And so we're out there and I have the camera and I'm filming and we're waiting. And I actually was able to catch some of the fish on camera jumping up and out of the water. And so after I put that story together, it was just so exciting to me to know, wow, I did that. And you, you know, and you overcame a lot. The boat, exactly. I, yeah, I overcame my fear and just knowing that you know I, I was able to do that. Now that's one of my most memorable. But then you use the word, I, I believe you said touching. Yes, touching. It, so I will say um, one of my most touching stories. This one is a sad one, but it'll always stick with me. Um, and this was a couple of years ago, there was a little boy who went missing. He was out boating with a family member, out boating. This is in Gaston County. And, you know, the boat, there was a little crash. And so the, the boy flipped over and he was in the water and he was missing. So I had to cover this story about this little boy being missing and all the officials out there searching in the water for this little boy. And, and it's, it's tough, being, you know, and, and I tell people sometimes, you know, when I go on certain scenes, sometimes I don't know if people are going to cuss me out, embrace me, smile, if we want to hit me, what? You just never know, especially in, in moments like this, because we are on the scene with people, we see people on their best days, and we see people on their worst days. And so this is one of those moments I went into it and I saw all the families out there. You can imagine just everybody worried. They're staked out, just waiting on word of if they're going to find this little boy. But I went out there and, um, and these people were so kind and loving. And like I said before, they looked at me as a person and not, oh my gosh, here come the big bad media. They just here for a story. And they saw that I cared. And these people took me in, out there talking to me while their child is God knows where in that water. And and I go and I cover the story and it just felt like I just came, became a part of the family. I was out there hanging out with them, waiting, watching. So yeah, I was there for a story, but I wanted to tell their story. And that's what people don't get sometimes. I, I you know, I don't, so I don't care about ratings and all that stuff. No, I want to tell your story, share with other people the pain that folks go through, the joy that folks go through, the happiness, the triumphs. That's what I love about the child, sharing people's story. Because sometimes we may be in our own little world thinking we got our own little problems or thinking we all dead or whatever the case is, or someone may be at home depressed or sad. And when they hear me tell, they see that their neighbor is going through the same thing, I hope that that can inspire that person in their life. That's what I love doing. That's what I want to do. And so I was out there for several days. They kept looking and looking and looking for that boy. And they did find him, unfortunately. They found his body. Uh, but it was just something about those moments 
those people willing to be vulnerable around me and allowing me to be vulnerable around them. I mean, I was literally, and again, on a boat, <laughs> literally on a boat sitting next to this boy's grandfather who is talking to me about his grandchild and saying, I hope we find him. This man opened up to me and he did not mind talking to me. And I just love that. I love connecting to people. I love it so much. And just and I just want to be able to share that with everybody. So yeah, that's I'm sorry. I, I Oh that was I'm 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 so connected. I'm deep into this listening. I mean <laughs> your heart comes through and even sharing that story. And that's what this is all about. I told you this is real talk from real people about yeah. real things. That's what this show is all about. And that was real. That, as the young folks say, I may be a little behind. That's 100. That's, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is real. My final question as we close. When you look at everything, you look at life, you look at where you are, you look at family. What matters most to Lenitra? My family. Yeah, my family matters most. Um, of course, God. Um, I always say I, I, that is what drives me a lot. Making my mom and them proud. Mama them. Mama them. Mama them. And making God proud. And sometimes I may feel like, you know what, I may not be where some people think I should be. No, I'm not in a big time city. I'm not, you know, making, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not doing this and doing that. But I just hope that I'm making God proud. Whatever it is I may not be doing, I hope he is pleased with what I am doing. And that helps me to keep going, just believing that I'm at least doing what he has put me here to do. Because again, you know, with this type of job, people are like, oh, how are you helping people? How are you doing? It's trying to get a story. I, I truly believe it. When people tell me, I have people who will come up to me like, oh, I met you 10 years ago, seven years ago, and you did a story on such and such and such, and I'll never forget it. That means a lot to me. And I truly believe that in whatever I do, I touch somebody in any way. Even, even when people say, oh, seeing you smile or laugh on TV this morning made my day. If it's something that simple, God, thank you for putting me in this position to do that. No, I'm not no big timer, but I just pray that in whatever I do, I can help others. That's what I believe. I, I I have to believe that's what I'm here for because other than that, then, then I, I am wasting my time. You know, I am, you know, struggling and poor for no reason, but I love, and I, I just, I love this community. That's why I stayed. I just love the connection. And like I said, I just feel something when I'm here and I just feel like, 
you know, people have embraced me over the years. And uh, and I, I, I like to believe that I'm here for a reason. And I will say you are. You talk about inspiring. Today, Anitra, you're truly inspiring and informing and informative. And here's why. We typically think of success as money. But listening to you, success is all about fulfilling your God-given purpose. And I'm, you and, know, I'm, a, I'm gonna go, I'm you know, I'm gonna go off the, you know, I'm not gonna use correct English. It ain't about the money, right? It's about right. your purpose. And I will truly say, I've learned a lot about you tonight, and I truly <laughs> believe with all my heart, you are operating in your purpose because as the poem says life without purpose is barren indeed but your life is not barren it's not a wasteland it's filled with joy connection and people and the stories that you share the stories that you put together they are meaningful they are helpful so Mr. Speaker gonna say keep doing what you do (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I, I ain't know I was gonna need some tissue. Good. <laughs> hey, I, I tell you, see, you ain't know that about Mr. Big. I told you, it's, it's a real show. It's real talk. Real people. Real right. things. And so, I am so glad you accepted and be to be a guest. And you were and are a great guest. And I just pray that the Lord's hand continues to be upon you, and you keep just doing what you do. Don't worry about the haters. Don't worry right. about what they say. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Keep just say they're going to be all right because you are doing something. You are a part of this community. Well, with that being said, we're getting ready to close out today. It has truly been a wonderful show today. My guests all the way from Tallahassee, the capital city of the state of Florida. You know that sunshine state where it's always sunshine. And I tell you, when she writes a story, when she produces it, nothing but the sunshine and even though it may be some tears but it's light that she brings you've been listening to mr speaker speaks oh my goodness you know life is all about purpose do you know yours until next time everybody in all that you do be magnificent until next time be good be blessed but most of all be a blessing to someone 